Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. It's your boy, your big brother, your crazy uncle, the man who ate the last piece of pizza. It's me, Omizi. I got something I want to talk about. Come holla at me. My goodness. Oh, my goodness, goodness, goodness. He is back. Yes, man. What's going on, everybody? It is me, your boy. Oh, Maisie, check it out, man. How y'all doing today? I just want to check up with on you. See how you're doing, how things going in your life, man. Coming back to you with another episode of Hey, Omizi. Got a couple of questions that, you know, some people to ask me in the comic sections. People to hit me up with some videos. Some, uh, some people to call me and stuff and say, yo, I want you to talk about this. And one sparked my heart just recently, though. But I wanted to, I'm, I'm getting into that, but I want to get into this first. If you're listening, if you've ever heard an episode, what I want you to do is to pass it along, share it with somebody. It's not just about the likes or whatever's going on here. This ain't a normal podcast. I'm not looking to, 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 to be a household name or nothing like that. What I'm looking for with this thing is to change the dynamic of how we view God and how God sees us, how we feel that God sees us. A lot of people, a lot of us are feeling like we're forgotten, we're cast aside, we're not loved, and it's a completely different, it's, it's, that's the wrong view. That's the wrong view of what we're trying to do here. So what I'm trying to do is get get this thing out, let people know that this it's a dark time out here, but the light is still shining. Man, so look, if you got questions, if you got some things you want to just talk about, some some things you want to fuss about, even if you have a disagreement with what something I said, yo, if you go to Anchor, go to the Anchor app. Uh, it's free. They have things where you can actually record a message there and send it directly to me. If you want to fuss me out, whatever you want to do, cuss me out, whatever you got to say, go ahead. You can record it in there. If you want to like the, the page, like it. Do all those different things there. Put it all in there for the Anchor app. And hey, Omizi, check me out. Look, getting down to the nitty gritty, what we was talking about here, um, I had a friend to actually send me a message or ask a question, <laughs> and I laughed about it. And they were laughing too at the same time. He said, "Man, yo, just sometimes it's just going to church and reading the Bible and looking over different things, man." And I just gotta ask a question, man. Does God even like me? You ever felt like that before, man? Like, does God even like me? You know, it's funny because you you think about the um, all the lessons that were taught uh, concerning Christianity and concerning coming to God and things about God is the things that we see is you have to fundamentally completely change. You think you got to fundamentally completely change who you are. And we always talking about turning over to the new and stripping off the old. And even when it comes to church, going to church, first thing they want you to do is change your clothes up and change how you look and change how you're talking, change how you walk. Even the songs start talking about, I moved from my old house and I moved to from my new friends. That's just me. I'm old and country. So don't, that's a song you probably ain't even heard. But we think about stuff like that, man. And it makes you think, man, does God even like me? Is there anything... Is there anything that God likes about me? Do I have to become a robot? Do I have to give up my personality? Do I have to give up who I actually am? 
for God to actually love me? Do I have to change up? Do I have to switch up? Do I got to be fake? Is that what's required? Because I can't be fake. I can't do it. It just won't fit right with me. I'm still going to do some th- different things here that, that I think that, you know, they might not they might not be seen, but there's things that are different from everybody else. I can't look like everybody else if I was supposed to. Then why was I, why am I made to not look like nobody else? That's an odd question, right? Because I mean, I mean, it's a valid question. It's odd, oddly placed, oddly worded, but it's a it's a it's a pretty good question, right? Well, I started looking it up. And I started going through different things, and I always when it comes to how God feels about me, you know, the first thing I always do is I go to the first scripture that the majority of us actually learn. It's John 3.16. Now, John 3.16, the first thing it actually says is, for God, everybody turn there. I'm going to go ahead and treat you like we in church. Turn to John 3.16. When you have it, say Amen. Amen. All right. Somebody got it. I still hear some pages flipping. But I'm playing. Anyway, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, this is one verse. But this one verse encapsulates and encompasses everything within every book of the Bible. This one verse lets you know exactly what God's mind towards his people and towards the world is. The first thing it says, for God so loved the world. Now, he did not have any specifics. He said God so loved the world. He loved every person that was inside of it. He loved you. He loved me. He loved male. He loved female. He loved gay. He loved straight. He loved uh, uh, me. He loved nice. He loved you, the person. He loves you so much. The next thing is, this is how much he loved you. He gave. Now, he loved you so much that he acted on his love and he did something for it. Right? Okay. He acted on his love. And he did something. He gave. The next thing about it is that he said he gave his only. Now, when you're talking about something that's only, something that's singular, something that you only have, that means he does not have another one like it. So he gave his only, and then it says begotten son. He gave his only son. His only, that there would never be another one like it. He will never have another begotten son. He will never have another one. Think about that. He gave his only, the most precious thing that he had so that we will not perish if we believe. We will not perish but that we will have everlasting life. Now, people always say this one thing. If God loves me, then why does God send me to hell? That's a whole nother message for a whole nother time. 
However, right here, what it's saying is that he gave his only thing so that you would not go there. So it's letting me know that he's making available a gift and that he said it just get making this available for you so that you would not go. I'm making this available. I gave my only thing that was precious to me to make it available for you because I loved you that much so that I want you to be with me. I do not want you to go here, right? Now we'll get into the uh, semantics and the specifics of the of that later on um, in another in another post in another day another lesson something like that we'll get into that. But um, from here, looking at this scripture, looking at this scripture here, this thing pretty much is the love letter and a synopsis of everything that's going on in this Bible. Okay, now. If you want to really get to the nitty gritty of it, let's just get to the nitty gritty of it. We're talking about, does God love me? We think of if somebody loves you, we're thinking about holding a specific place in somebody's heart. A, a place of, uh, I, in my mind, he's saying statue. A place of significance in somebody's life, Right? And the thing that really gets us all is when we, that causes a lot of issues, it causes a lot of emotional problems with relationships and stuff like that, is that we want to hold a specific position in your heart and in your, and in your uh, emotional whatever. But some people don't put us in that, hold us in that regard. It's the position in your life that I'm supposed to be in. My wife holds a position in my life that's very particular that's very special no one else can hold that position no one else can get close to that position and if anybody if she feels that anybody is trying to approach in it or approach or come over into that position in her life in her in her spot in my heart in my life that she is designated for she will come she will come for that neck she'll come my boy always said come through with the ruler she'll come through there and cause some problems so the thing that we're that we're considering with God and we're asking God, like God, do you even like me? He, we see that He loves us. You say love, love, whatever. What does love mean? Uh, what the song says, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me, don't hurt me, no more. I gotta get it out because if I don't, I'm gonna keep singing it in my head for the rest of the day. But anyway, say what is love? What is it? Well, I mean. Love is, my dad always says, love is, love does. Love's an action word. Well, the way we're asking God, but love, you hold me in a position that'll make you do something for me. Well, it says right here that God so loved the world that he gave. Okay, so we have that example there already, showing that he loves us so much that the love for us, love he has for us, compels him to move. You ever love somebody? You ever had a, a loved one, um, specifically a loved one, call you and you just got in bed, you took a shower, you got off work, took a shower, you decided to, to, to get you some extra sleep. You've been dreaming about that bed all day. You've been in your mind. You've been sending uh, a, a text messages, loving text messages to your to your bed. Uh, ooh, we as soon as I get home, mm, I'm going. Ooh, you just on the stand bed covers to get rid of happen. You go up there, you take your shower, you looking at that bed. It's a ooh, you sexy thing. I'm about to lay down and I'm gonna take me a good old quick nap. Then I'm gonna get up 
and I'm gonna get me something to drink and I'm gonna lay down and I'm gonna go to sleep and then I'm gonna turn over and I'm gonna get me a long nap right after that. Yes, I'm gonna snore, I'm gonna slobber, I'm gonna drool, I'm gonna love all up on this bed. You know what I'm saying? And then somebody calls you and say, I need your help, can you come help me? And you drag yourself out of your loving bed to go and help them. It might not even be something that, it might be something that they did, something that they caused. And you have to kill your sleep to get up, Jesus, 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 to meet them where they are and to help them. <sighs> now that's love. That is love. I'm letting you know, the older I get, the more I appreciate sleep and rest and naps and quiet moments alone to where I can steal five minutes of sleep. It's a blessing to me. It just does something to my spirit. If I can just sit in my car and it's cool inside the car and I can steal some sleep, but I'll get up for one of my loved ones. I will deny sleep for one of my loved ones. I will kill that sleep in it. I'll shake it off, take a Red Bull and get to work. I'll work a double shift. I'll work overtime. I work two jobs. I do what I got to because I love these people. They hold that position in my heart. I think the thing that's, that scares us the most is somebody else coming in, trying to remove us from that position in that, in our hearts. Well, one thing that, I'm seeing, that I have here is that uh, if you would turn to Hebrews 13 and 5. Hebrews 13 and 5, it says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have for he hath said I will never leave thee nor forsake thee he's saying here that you don't have to worry about God kicking you to the side kicking you to the curb you don't have to worry about God curbing you you don't have to worry about God checking you and leaving you out now one thing I'm going to tell you the truth that is a big thing for me one thing that's a big thing for me, whether you love me or not or whatever like that, if you want to hurt my feelings, make me feel like I'm left out. Make me feel like you don't want me there. Make me feel like I'm not important to you in the midst of a whole group and leave me out. Make me feel like I'm on outside. I'm telling you FOMO, the fear of missing out for me, is it's not necessarily a big, yeah, it's a big thing. Now, I already am an extroverted introvert. Look it up. And you'll find out. I'm already an extroverted introvert. My, my, my company with myself is my best company. I can have a party all by myself. But when I take the time out to come to spend time and you make me feel like I'm not welcome, bruh, I'm on fire, Mike. I don't, that won't nothing burn me up and make me go, especially when it comes to my wife. Uh, pretty much she got the keys to she got the keys to my heart boy and if I'm trying to be around her for a moment I'm trying to be up on her or anything like that and she make me feel like I'm missing out or I'm I'm not wanted around there bruh understand nobody's having fun nobody's having a good time because I will shut it down 
I will be the I, and I'm and anybody who know me, I'm too big to be walking around looking mean. Everybody gets nervous. Don't nobody know what's going on. I'm truthfully, I'm just walking around just looking angry, looking like looking like a, a pit bull with no leash. You just nervous. Just nervous around me and stuff like that because you made me feel like I wasn't welcome. Fine then. I'm not gonna be welcome in there. You're gonna make me feel like it, I'm gonna make you not want me to be there. <laughs> Y'all pray for me. But truthfully, what the Bible what we got to say in here in this scripture here, he says, let your conversation be without covetousness. You don't have to worry about trying to achieve a specific standard that somebody else has. All you have to worry about is pleasing God. I don't have to achieve your standard of what you think I'm supposed to be in. I have to achieve the standard that God has set for me. Now, there is a standard in God. That's not what I'm saying that you there's no standard and whatever you want to do, you can do. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you don't set the standard for me. God's word sets the standard for me. And I have to do that. The many things happen in our lives where we miss the mark trying to achieve a standard that people have set aside for us instead of what God has set aside for us. But he says here that, don't even worry about that. Be content in all these things. Do do what I tell you to do. Keep working towards the goals that I set aside for you. Keep working towards the standards of things. Don't be trying to prove, don't try to prove yourself to me through things or through works or through all the other stuff. Just keep going with what I'm saying, what I set aside for your life, and be content. And the things that you got. You don't have to keep up with the Joneses. You don't have to have this particular thing or look this particular way for everybody, for, for me to love you. Understand, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never kick you to the curb, nor will I turn my back on you. Do you know the fashion industry is based on the fear of missing out? The jewelry industry, everything is, is based on the fear of missing out, of not fitting in, of not being accepted by a particular set of culture. It's, 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 it's made for you to try to impress people or try to get to a certain, uh, a certain look so that you're acceptable among certain people and, and, and you won't be, you'll be invited places and you get to go this place and that place and you won't miss out. Some of the richest people don't look the part and are cast aside. They're, they go into certain places, they're cast aside, they, they don't understand what, what's going on. They're still unhappy because they want to be accepted by people. Fashion is made to make you feel acceptable. It's crazy. These are fig leaves that we're sowing on. These, this is stuff, and it all goes back to the garden because we're still trying to cover up the naked parts of us. We got designer fig leaves now. We got Gucci fig leaves. We got Louis Vuitton fig leaves. We got we got Hermes uh, fig leaves now. What I Yves Saint Laurent? Yeah, I said it right. Yves Saint Laurent bigly <laughs> sewed together trying to hide the mess that we are but God says don't even worry about trying to fit in don't even try to impress me because I will never leave you. I know the mess that you are and I still won't leave you nor will I forsake, forsake you also when he talks about I won't leave you out 2 Corinthians 6 16 and 18 it says and what agreement has the temple of God with idols 
for ye are the temple of, of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Now verse 18 in that same chapter says, and I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters said the Lord Almighty. He's saying that he, this is what God is saying to you. God is telling you that he will not, he will not only not deny you, not kick you to the side, not kick you to the curb. He says, as long as you're, when you come to his statue, what he's going to do, he's going to gather you up like a mother hen does her, like, does her chicks. And he says, and he's going to say, okay, yeah, outside here, you're cast aside, but you're my you're my, I'm going to be your God, I'm going to be your daddy, and I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to put my name on you. Everybody else kicked you to the curb and they made a name, they made fun of you, they don't like you, they, they pushed you to the side, they made you feel like you don't fit in, but I want you to fit in with me. So I'm going to take you and I'm going to put my name on you. I'm going to make you mine. You're not going to be just some friends. You're not going to be some just hangers on. You're not going to be part of my entourage. You're going to be my sons and my daughters. And I'm going to be your God, your father. He said your God first. Then he said your father. Now, God is, when you say a God thing, that's a big thing. I, and even with all my life being in the church, it's wrapping my mind around God and his vastness is a lot. Wrapping my mind around it is a lot. And because every time I start thinking about it in the back of my in the back of my mind, I said, no, he's bigger than that. Okay, I got this thing. Oh no, he's bigger than that. Okay, I think I got it now. No, he's bigger than that. And even the way that he described in the Bible, he's only described in certain ways that the person who write them can kind of fathom. But that's the only way they can put it down. They, they, they truthfully say he's much bigger than this. But this is the only way I can articulate what I saw or what I know or what I heard. So truthfully, when we talk about God, it's so big. But when he talk about a father, you talk about a dad who will do anything that he he can for you. He'll do things that he don't want to do to make sure that you have what you need. To make sure that you have what you want then it draws god's thought pattern or god's way of doing things a little bit more clearer to me it helps me understand a little bit more of who and what god is now the thing that trips me out is that god loved us first we often talk about i don't know if i could love a god and this is it don't even matter because god loves you first he first loved you. He first loved me. When we didn't want to be loved, when we didn't know what love was, before anything goes down in our lives, before we got anything straight, before you got your suit, before you got your nice shoes, before you started going to church, before you got your job, before anything happened, God loved you. In your mess, in your dirty drawers, God loved you. When you were walking around with mismatched socks and a dirty nose, God loved you. Before you got your edges laid and you got you a nice perm and you or you got you a nice uh, unit put in your head and you found out how to put on an invisible part the right way so it didn't look like I had your job in the middle of your head. 
God loved you when you had breakage on your hair after you put the permit wrong and you were looking like Myra Uncle Martin when Pam put on the perm but without the neutralizer God loved you first Romans 8 28 31 says and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose for whom he did foreknow he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren moreover whom he did predestinate them he also called and whom he called them he also justified and whom he justified them he also glorified what shall we say then to these things if God be for us who can be against us let me say that again what shall we say then to these things if God be for us then who can be against us so what it's saying here is that God loved me first in the fact that God loved me first purposed me first he had a plan for my life first that was wrapped up in the love that he asked for me first all of that was just set aside in my life before I was even birthed into this world. Like, it's just like, the only way I could put it in my mind is that, say on Christmas, you know that your parents got you something. You snuck in the room and you saw the gift that they were going to get for you. You saw the outfit that they were going to get for you. Man, you they say you, it's great, it's, it's your size, you know what it is, but you can't even open it up until Christmas Day. But truthfully, you don't even care because in your mind, you already thinking about, I'm going to kill him on the first day back. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to put my jays on. Oh, God, I'm going to put my new pants on. Bruh, I'm about to murk them out here, boy. They about to be all up on me. I mean, you get to the point where you even then laid your socks and your drawers out for what you're going to wear with your new outfit. And you just hype about what's getting ready to happen. You got so many plans about what you're going to do in this brand new outfit. And you love it already. And you haven't even, you haven't even opened it up. You just know that when you get there, that it's going to be a blessing. And that's how God feels about us. Now, it's it's a trivial thing to a much bigger thing because now you're not talking about some clothes. You're talking about a person that God has created. You were engineered in your mother's womb to bring God glory. You were made with your mouth. You were made with your height. You were made with your eyes. You were made with everything that you have to do the things that God called you to do. And God is so excited about who you are and, and you coming in here that he was he made a way for your escape he made a way for you to be blessed before you were even a twinkle in your parents eyes he was so excited about you arriving on the earth when you did that he plotted out your life he made a plan to bless you he made a plan to bring you to an expected end to bring you to an end that was just crazy that was big and that was bigger than what you could even think or even ask he set it up already so that you would so just to surprise you he said i loved him so much i want to surprise him 
I'm going to give them goals that they want to achieve in their life. I'm going to give them wants and needs that they want to achieve in their life. And I'm going to do it in a bigger way than they ever can. Because I want to see the look on their face when they see me be God for them. And what he and the thing that blesses me with this is that who he did, it always gets me. He said, who he did foreknow, he knew me before I was even me. He also predestinated. He predestinated to bless, the blessing that he has for me. And he predestinated that I'll be conformed to the image of his son, that I would actually be in the image of God. He set aside a plan that will bring me into the image of Jesus Christ. That will bring me to the image, the, the image of a band that was that was totally one with it with God. He, he predestinated to bring me into the image of somebody who was who was everything that I was supposed to be, that was not bogged down by the sins of this age, by the mess that I deal with. He already knew that. Now, even in that peak game, he knew that we were going to be born into a messed up, into a messed up world, and that we were also born into flesh that has lustful desires, that has sinful wants and sinful things that we that, that try to force to do. Do you know that he took into account all of that way before you were born? You or I were born. Your mistakes, my mistakes were already accounted for. It don't surprise God. It don't surprise him. He already accounted for the mess that you were going to be and he made provision. He said he foreknew you. He knew you was coming before you knew yourself. And it's already an expected end for you to be like Jesus Christ. And he said, in whom he predestinated, he also called. He said, we already have a specific purpose. Now you are meant to be in the image of Jesus Christ. But he also says, you also have a calling. So you have a destiny, but then you have a specific calling that's just for you. And then whom he called, he also justified. He also says that if he if he, if he has you predestinated to be in the image of God, image of Jesus Christ, and he also calls you specifically to do a specific job, he also put his stamp of approval on you. He justified you. He gave you a specific calling that was for you and only you, and you're the only one that can do it. And can't nobody take that calling away from you. You're supposed to be a blessing to people in a way that nobody else can. I don't care who you are, whatever place, whatever place you've been placed in, it was made specifically for you to stand there and to be a blessing to people. And then you don't take your place. You're missed because you were made to fit right there in that place. You are made to fit there. And then whom he justified, he glorified. He has anointed you and appointed you to be in a specific place because he loves you. He did all of that because he loved you before you even know. And so it just trips me out to the fact it just says here at the beginning, at the end, where he says, and what shall we say to everything that comes against all this stuff that's going, if God did all of this for me, what are we going to say then? He says this, if God be for me, good God, 
who can be against us? If God did all of this for you, then you want to you want to ask the question: Does God like me? Man, God loves you. God loves you. You were created to be you. You're not created to be me. You're not created to be somebody else. You were created to be you. I believe I've even said this before, but it goes worth goes worth saying. God has created you to be just you. And everything that encapsulates you, your ability to draw, your ability to sing, your ability to just to to to, to play video games like like a bandit, your video, your ability to skateboard, your ability to do anything else, your ability to pick up different stuff, and even to remember jingles. God gave you your ability to do those different things because at some point in time, He's going to need you to stand into your place and do what you are called to do. Everybody has a calling. But you got to find out. The only way you can find that calling, find that purpose, is if you actually allow God to love you the way you're supposed to be loved. It's a secular song, but there's so many times when I'm fighting against God and I just hear God keep singing that Mario song, You Should Let Me Love You. Give me just one chance to give you everything you want and need. Good love and protection. Make me your selection. You know? I just keep hearing God say that. Say, you should let me love me. Just let me do it. Just let me do it. I want I want to love you. I want to treat you right. I want to bring, I want to bless you. I want to do these things. But what happens is that we fear that God don't love us. We feel that God is, is at us judging us. We fear that, that, that God does not care. All God wants to do is to fall under some whole bunch of rules and this and this and that and all these different things. And a lot of that thing is set up by people. God does have a way that he wants you to live. He does have actions that he wants you to do in your life. He does have a way that you're supposed to love your neighbor. He has a way that you're supposed to love him. Him. But a lot of the pomp and circumstance is just people. God said, just let me love you. Let me do what I'm supposed to do. Let me show you how I feel about you. Let me see. It's often said that you can tell when a woman is loved well and you can tell when she's not because when she's loved well there's a certain way that she won't accept anything other than what she's what's up to par anything other than what she's getting at the house it dare not even come close to her Jill Scott made a song called I Got Something Better at Home where she talks about the dude. She said, ooh, he said, tell said the brother good. He said he got a he got a type of body that makes her stop and makes her look, but she got something better at home. Yeah, it's not saying that your urges go away and stuff like that. It's not saying that all of a sudden that you're dead and things of that, that that nature. But what he's saying is that what I got at home, the love that I got at home is so great. That I'm not even I'm, I'm not even really starving for nothing else. I'm full. I'm satisfied. I got what I need. I got what I want at the house. You feel me? And that's what that's what God is saying to you right now. God said, if you let me do, I promise I'll satisfy you. I promise I'll I'll I promise I'll work it out. I promise I'll hit that spot every time. Get your mind out together. Anyway, he said, I hit that spot every time. I promise 
I'll do it. I promise I'll make you smile. I promise I'll do everything that you need me to do. I'll be there. I'm right there. At, at, just at the call of my name. When you mention my name, I'm right there beside you. And I'm listening. And I'm waiting for you just to open up and let me in. Because there's a part in you that's still hurt. And I want to love you so good that you'll, not, you'll forget that you were ever hurt before. That's what God wants to do. He wants to be your everything. He, he, he wants to be your everything and it's not a pimp thing that he's saying. He's actually going to do be your everything. He wants to be the air that you breathe. He wants to completely cocoon you in him. And everything else must go through him before it even gets to you. So everything that you touch is going to be covered in him. Everything that you breathe is going to be covered in him. Everything that you hear is going to be covered in him. And because he loves you and he's taking care of you, everything that you touch, hear, and breathe is going to bless you. It's going to increase you. It's going to build you up. That's what being loved by God is. That's what being loved by God is. You talk about does he love me? Man, God says, I created you just as you are. Psalms 139, 13 through 18 says, For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee. When I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, thine eyes did see my substances. Yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members are written, which in countenance, continuous, I'm sorry, were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious are so all my thoughts unto me. O oh God, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Verse 17 is a blessing to me where he says, How precious also are my thoughts, are thy thoughts unto me, O God. He's basically saying, man, you, he's telling God, he's saying, God, when I was being created, when I was created, you you, you held my veins in your hand and you, you allowed it to be done in my mother's womb and, and you knitted me together and you saw me when I was just uh, some gangly and then I, I was just a bunch of nerve endings and I was just a bunch of meat that was grown. I had a heartbeat but I really wasn't formed yet. You saw all the mess that I was and even even when I was when I was starting to come to pieces and come coming to parts I was still just a gooey me- uh, amount of mass of mess put together inside of my mother's womb. You saw all of that and you still thought good things of me and then when I came out and I came and I was a child and I made mistakes and I, and I was hard-headed, I put myself in bad situations. You saw the mess that I was and you still loved me and you still cared for me and you still put me in a Oh man, how could you even think of me in a good way with the mess that I know that I did? Oh my goodness, this is what, this is what he's saying. He said, God, how could you even think of me like this? You formed me in such a mighty way, but but God, you're so, you, you, oh, man, 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 how precious are your thoughts? How precious are your thoughts to me? Oh, my goodness, how how crazy is that? How you thought, how intricate are your thoughts towards me? 
how can that be that you love me so much that you created me that you etched me out that you did all I'm fearfully and wonderfully made this is a realization of who you are in God as I'm reading through this particular scripture right here I'm looking at I'm looking at what God it's almost like looking in the mirror and seeing what God sees the problem most oftentimes isn't that we don't think God loves us the problem is that we don't love ourselves and we think that God sees us the way that we see us and I can understand not loving yourself sometimes I can understand because you know the ugly parts you know the parts I know the parts of my of me that nobody else knows I know the stuff that I hid I know the stuff that I don't talk about I know the stuff that keeps me up at night I know the things that happened when I was 13, 12, 10, 11 that still keep me up and keep me broken and keep me crying and keep me asking for forgiveness and, I, and it's been 20 some odd years this happened I know it. I know I still hold myself. I haven't forgiven myself for something I did that I was dumb and didn't know no better. And did. Still ask for forgiveness for it. God's already forgiven me for it, but I will not forgive myself. I keep fighting myself. Let it go, let it go, let it go. And in my head, I, I keep thinking I'm hearing God telling me, oh, I don't love you. But God is saying, no, I've already forgotten it. I've already forgot. I forgave you for it, and I've forgotten it. Move on from it. God loves you in a way that's so crazy. It it just boggles the mind. We talk about agape love, a love that's completely and totally unshakable. Nothing shall separate you from the love of God, whether you be in heaven nothing can separate you from the love of God whether you be in hell nothing can separate you from the love of God whether you be on whether you be in the mountains nothing can separate you from the love of God whether you be under the ground nothing shall separate you from the love of God rich poor happy sad full empty wealth health broken poor them it doesn't matter. You are loved by God at every state that you're in. Now at that point right there is where you need to realize that's where you stand with God. No matter what situation you're in, you are loved. Now, knowing that somebody loves you that much, loves you like that the question is not does God like you the question is not does God love you the question is do you love God is this love one sided is this love unrequited 
don't be treating God like Ducky off of uh, <laughs> off of uh, was it uh, Sweet Sixteen or Sixteen Candles or Pretty in Pink? Don't be treating God like that. Don't be treating God like that. God loves you with His entire being. And God wants you to love him. He says, I, the Lord, thy God, are a jealous God. God, as he said, he said, I'm a jealous God. You shall have no other God before me. Jealousy only comes with the fear that something else can take the heart of the person that you love. God says, I'm a jealous God because I know can't nothing love you like I can. But I know that you'll let this other stuff catch your attention and take you away from me. And it'll get you out there. My love will never stop, but I can't reach you when you got somebody else being your God. You're giving somebody else the ability to take the charge of your life. That's something to think about. That's something to think about. On that note, I hope I asked your question well. Yes, God likes you. <laughs> yes, God loves you. God loves you, the you that you are. He created you to be the you that you are, to fulfill his purpose in your life. Yo, this is another episode coming to an end. Hey, Omizi, check in. Check it out, share, comment, ask questions. Y'all t- show somebody else the love that God is showing you. I'll holler at you later. God bless you. May heaven smile upon you. Yo, thank y'all so much for bearing with me with that. Uh, Thank you for just spending your time. Yo, I appreciate it. I really do. So next time you got something you want to talk about, man, holla at me. Just say, hey, I'm easy. I just got a question to ask you. I'm open. I'm here. I'm listening. God bless, man.